Are you blessed or are you cursed With a strong imagination and a spiritual thirst Do you wanna confide about the darkness inside Come and talk about it on self Worst. <sighs> 11.53pm Having myself a Coke Zero Living a normal kind of life Hi, I'm Brad Pearson Welcome to Self Worst How you doing? Uh, you know, uh, we're keeping up with the schedule, trying to keep up with everything. We've been busy here, as you know, at Self Worst HQ. Um, you know, I try and put these out on Thursdays. It's sometimes a day late. What are you going to do? What are you going to sue me? Are you going to fight me? I'll drop a pin. You can come find me and we'll fight. But I don't think anybody's really that mad. It's okay doing a lot this week um you know i'm taking up data science learning about html and css javascript javascript i don't even know how to say it that's how little i fucking know right now uh so i've been very busy a lot going on and uh that's why i'm just kind of frazzled this week can't always put them out on a consistent basis if you are a regular listener you know that uh we're going to have to kind of slow the pace of the show, uh, the release schedule of the show. Shit's about to get busy. I uh, got a couple episodes in the can, but, um, you know, things are going to start to get weird in the next few months. That's how it goes. This week, we're talking to Sam Evans. He's a comedian here in New York City. A uh, very nice guy. Perhaps a little too nice. And maybe that's the meat of what we talk about in this episode. So, uh, I don't know. Stay tuned for that. And uh, that's all. I don't know. It's late. I still got to clean the whole fucking apartment. My sister and her husband are coming to stay with us tomorrow. The place is a mess. Caitlin's been out of town, so I've just been holding the fort with Dottie. And, uh, to be honest, it, it's yeah, I've been doing okay. I've been keeping busy. I just made myself a nice dinner. You know, I'm not being a fucking dirtbag. Look at me. Waking up in the morning, going to work. Continuing education. Wow. Good job. Anyway, I got a lot of shit to do, so I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go do all of that. So, uh you can follow me at Bradical Pearson on Instagram and Twitter. You can follow the show at Self Worse. Please rate and review the show on iTunes and Spotify if you can. Just takes a second. Write a little review because I think that might help the star rating get more uh, engagement in the fucking algorithm. I don't know. Even if it's just nothing. Even if it's just like you just type out just, you know, lorem ipsum or some shit. I don't care what you put in the reviews. It doesn't matter what it says in the review. All that really matters is the star rating, but I think it counts more if you have a review along with it. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know. Just write some shit. Copy paste the Turner Diaries and put it in the review <laughs> and see if anybody notices. All right. 
Uh, is that all I have to say? Patreon.com slash self worst. Follow me. Uh, Kicking as little as a dollar a month. Thank you for doing that. And uh, that's all. Um, I gotta, I gotta go. I'm, I'm gonna put on this interview with uh, with me and Sam, and you're gonna listen to that. And uh, I'm gonna go uh, do some other shit. I'm gonna do some midnight cleaning, midnight vacuuming. My neighbors don't care. We live on a highway. Fucking make a noise complaint. Jesus. Anyway, hope you're doing well, and uh, I'll see you on the flip side. But yeah, uh, I just started, uh, I've I've been dog walking and I'm trying desperately to get out of it, actually. Um, Yeah. I'm I'm, uh, considering going into one of those coding boot camps. Um, Sure. Do you know Will Winter? Um, I know Will, yeah. Yeah, he he did one of those and he's... I talked to him about it for, for quite a while and I was like, you know what, maybe this is like the thing. And I know a couple other people who've gone to other ones, um, you know, around the country. Um, mm-hmm. and I've heard you know, pretty good things. So I don't know. I just, anything other than fucking walking dogs, man. I guess, like, yeah. The thing about that is like, it, you can make like a decent amount of money, but you don't realize like the strain on your body over time. And like, it's an insane, it can get to be an insane amount of like pressure and stuff. Yeah. And if you're not, I was never working for myself either. I yeah. Was for that's the boss. thing. Like if you're mm-hmm. working for a company, like fair enough, they take a cut of, you know, what you make. Um, mm-hmm. and they, but you know, they provide, uh, you know, payroll and taxes and, um, client management, advertising wrangling all of that stuff so you don't have to do any of that shit yourself and like i thought for the longest time about going independent as a dog walker um just being like you know i have enough people i have enough experience i could probably just do this myself and make like twice as much Mm -hmm. but then i thought like yeah but then you also have to completely manage your schedule of 10 walks every day with all these different people and like you have to manage insurance you have to manage taxes you have to like then it's like more than a full-time job you're running like an llc basically and you're still only going to be making like maybe 50k you know like Mm. it's just not it's just not worth it unless you're doing like training or some other like high-end shit like i just don't know if i care enough you know yeah yeah it can be taxing so so how, um, you know, this is a mental health health uh, podcast. How has your uh, mental health been just in general over the past uh, month, week? Um, pretty good. Uh, trending upwards. The um, moving in New York, I'm sure you're familiar. Yeah, uh, it sucks. Is, yeah, it sucks hard. And it was right in the middle of the, the rental prices right now are just skyrocketing. Um, mm-hmm. So it was... It was pretty brutal because I I got the rent was raised on my Astoria apartment in Queens, and uh, then I started looking for places. And for a brief moment, I was like, maybe I should have just taken the rent increase in Astoria because that's how brutal it was. Yeah. Um, but uh, a buddy of mine, we found a nice place in Astoria that's like a little price or in Bedsty, and it's a little pricey, but it actually seems to be worth the money. And so once the stress of the actual move was done things have gradually uh calmed down and i do feel much better yeah yeah 
It's like when you're right in the middle of it and it's like too late to go back is when it often is just like, why oh. did I do this to myself? Like I, we just moved apartments about a year ago um, mm-hmm. from another apartment in Red Hook. We found yeah. a place that had a backyard and a washer dryer and we we're like, well, that's the fucking holy grail. And we have a dog now. So like, you know, we want to have a yard for our dog. And, um, so we pounced on it and it was a little more expensive and we didn't realize, uh, that it was a lot narrower and Mm -hmm. we're going to have like fitting a, a full size or a queen size mattress in the Mm -hmm. bedroom was going to be awkward. And so like Caitlin, my girlfriend had just like a full on meltdown because we had already like signed a lease and we were like Googling, like, how do you back out of a lease and stuff? Because she's like, I can't go back to a fucking full size man. I can't. I don't like just like all of this shit that just it really was a huge strain and like almost didn't feel worth it for like the first several months Um, because we moved in the fall. And then, like, by the time I got the backyard in any kind of condition, it was already cold. Um, mm-hmm. And so, and and I was just like, okay, so now we're back in the middle of a COVID spike and I can't use the yard and we're just, like, in a tinier apartment than, than yeah. we were. And it's on the first floor and it's on this, like, shitty highway and, like, a gas station and, like, the, like, management company is, like, even more hostile than our last yeah. one. And it's just, like... You just can't fucking win, man. Like, I don't know. Do you want to live in New York forever? I don't think I could. Every time I see an old person in New York, it kind of um, blows my mind. I'm just like, yeah. how How are you doing this? My girlfriend said something the other day, though. She was like, you know what is nice about it, though, is like, if you're old in New York, you are always around people, which sounds so brutal to us mm-hmm. now, you know? But, like, old people do get lonely, and there is, like, a degree of, like, uh, separation from everyone, you know? And she was like, I wonder if, like, the hustle and bustle and the loudness of New York, while it can be brutal as you age, you're like, oh, at least I'm not alone. But who's to say? Yeah, I don't know. It, like, really depends on, like, what your living situation is. If if you're in some, like, fifth floor walk-up or some shit that you have to struggle up, like, I don't know how people do that. I don't know how people, like, who have mobility issues navigate the train. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, like, we, I live fairly close to, like, Smith Ninth, and Mm -hmm. that's apparently the tallest train station in the world, like, so far as, like, elevation off the ground. Far um, away. I mean, you can you can see Smith and Ninth from like a mile away. It's it's, high. it's so tall, yeah. and they had it shut yeah. down for the longest time. Mm-hmm. It would skip the stop, and like that's like I was living off the fourth ninth uh, stop for a while, so I was like, okay, that's fine. I wonder what they're doing. Like, I, it's a tall stop. I think maybe they're going to put in like an elevator or something. No, they just like put some like shiny metal shit on the outside. And they didn't even really do like it's still you got to go up two Mm -hmm. long escalators and then a stairway to get up there. And it's like it's like taller than Broadway Junction. Like there's so much you have to like fucking clear. And it's just there's just no consideration whatsoever for Mm -hmm. people who who, like can't get around. It's it's nuts to me. Yeah, I think that's it. It's the locomotion, the locomotion of the city for like an older person just seems so impossible. Well, yeah, and that's the like with with like working in like a manual labor job, you know, which uh, like dog walking or like I've moved apartments too, like 
Speaking mm-hmm. of moving, like that's like fucking brutal, backbreaking work. And you can't yeah. do it forever. And uh, mm-hmm. they're not exactly paying into like a pension or anything like that. So like, what the fuck are you supposed to, you know, and I'm just like, it's just, I just turned 38 and I'm like, nah, nah, man, I gotta, yeah. I gotta fucking, <laughs> I gotta chill it out. You know, like I, I gotta have a sit down job. I, I want one of those jobs where you describe it and people aren't really sure what you're talking about. That's mm-hmm. what I want. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's the, that's the American dream right there. Just get for paid sure. for vagaries. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so when did you um, start comedy? When did you move to New York and, um, you know, start on this uh, whole journey? I started comedy in 2009, September 2009. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I moved to New York January of 2013. Uh yeah, so not quite f- four years later. Yeah, yeah. From where? Uh, Ohio, Cincinnati, Ohio. Yeah, Cincinnati. And then I've, yeah, I had never lived outside of Ohio before. Then I grew up in like the Toledo area, and then I lived in Cincinnati for like seven years altogether, going to school, and then a couple years after school. Um, and then yeah, I moved to New York, and I've been here ever since. Yeah. Mm. Um. What was your kind of impetus for for starting comedy uh i was i just wanted to try it i had a really good group of friends who were like you like this and you are funny and you talk about it all the time you should just try it and they very sweetly you had to like bring five people to do your first open mic yeah yeah yeah. and they very sweetly just uh, a bunch of people came and yeah it was just the classic i tried it and i was like oh i like this a lot and i would like to be better at this um and yeah i started doing it because i was the other thing was i had just finished like undergrad and i was thinking about going to grad school but i was like i don't really know if i care that much for what if i have for like if i care enough to spend that much money on a no go to grad school for what oh uh english literature assumedly Mm. Or some sort of specialization therein, yeah. Because uh, I was an undergrad English lit major, so right. As, I mean, you know, and that's a classic money maker. So, like, you might as well just like pump more, yeah. You know, invest yeah. more money into that. Uh, yes, absolutely. Career. I don't know. Like, it's just the kind of world that we could live in if we all just were uh, rich trust fund kids who who didn't have to worry sure. about having a job and could just like express ourselves freely. Like, Oh my God. Uh, it's just yeah. like the, the culture shock of moving here and mm-hmm. realizing um, that like, Oh, there are people who are kind of like doing that. Just like, they just live in Bushwick somehow and have a painting studio and they just like make these paintings or they just are always making movies or always like in people's little, you know, small projects and stuff and you're like that's all you do and and just slowly piecing it together that it's just like it's always rich Mm -hmm. parents and it's more so than like anywhere else like i'm from the midwest too i'm from nebraska and i I live in Mm -hmm. um in minnesota for a while i went to art school there and like Mm -hmm. definitely like there was some class disparity in art school for sure because it was like a private art school that I shelled out too much money for. 
Um, <laughs> but it wasn't until I came here that it was just like, oh, these are like like old money, like fucking Vanderbilt people who you just like have yeah. a normal conversation with. Like it's it's very yes. weird. Yeah. I'll never forget there was this time um I uh I I was a PA um on this film shoot that was this like weird little indie project um run by this like like 40 something Australian guy and it was being shot at this like nice apartment in Soho and it was just this like round table discussion of like people discussing like art and like why they why they care about it and why they're so passionate about it and it was just it was all like very rich people like they just all looked like they were on tv like they all like yes. just looked you know you could just smell the hamptons on them just like in their in Sorry. their hair and stuff and it was just like what it it was just one of the most depressing and alienating experiences um, sure. <laughs> of, yeah, yeah. Of my entire life, but um, mm-hmm. you know, it's, uh, it sounds like you've uh, you know you've made a pretty good um, go of it in in comedy. You've got a you got an album out, and mm-hmm. uh, I just listened to it today. Actually, I was doing some recon. It's really oh, fucking good. Um, when did you record you. that? Uh, in October of two thousand nineteen. Hmm. So yeah, and it actually ended up coming out you during just the got it in. pandemic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember uh, being frustrated that it wasn't coming out sooner, and then it came out during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And it was kind—I of, won't say it's nice, but uh, it was nice that I had at least something going on comedy-wise then, because the world had like stopped. Yeah, uh, but but at least that was happening. So mm-hmm. it was good. Yeah. Yeah. And I was proud of it. And yeah, I got it in just under the wire. So pretty good. Mm-hmm. When um, did you, um, you know, what, what has been your kind of mental health journey? When, when have you started to, uh, when did you start to become, I guess, cognizant of like, oh, mental health is a thing. Depression's a thing. Um, you know, anxiety's a thing. And um, I certainly, I certainly have always been aware of it. Um, my, my parents were both, uh, depressed, um, when I was growing up, not, not to a degree that I think it made, it made them poor parents or anything mm-hmm. like that, but they were quite open about, um, they were both on Zoloft for the majority of my life. Um, my mom was in counseling, uh, for a period of time and they just, uh, and, and and she's made reference, my mother, to the fact that she thinks depression runs in her family. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I was, um, so it was, I was always like, you know, aware of like, you know, sometimes people just don't feel well and, and that's a very real thing. And I don't feel like I ever grew up with a feeling of stigma about that. Um, uh, I had a pretty healthy early experience with therapy uh, in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, my parents took me to see two therapists. One I didn't really gel with, but it wasn't anything bad, yeah. you know. And then the other I made a, a, a some significant strides with, I'll say. And so it sort of just um, led me to have like faith in therapy and its benefits. And then in adulthood, I've seen two separate therapists. 
and now I've been working with my current therapist for not quite two years. Yeah. What's your current uh, project in therapy? What are your what are your uh, goals and targets? Oh gosh, um, a big one. I talked about this just today. Uh, um, I need to uh, work on being confrontational. You know, mm. um, uh, I've always been a non-confrontational person, which. You know, sometimes that's just the way you are, but there are, you know, in relationships that you care about, you yeah. have to confront people about various things. Yeah. And I am very much a uh, avoid an ugly confrontation. Same, at bro. All costs. Yeah. It's yeah. the worst. Hate. Getting yelled Hate at? Oh. Yeah. Is there mm -hmm. anything more like uncomfortable no. than getting like scolded or reprimanded? Like, doesn't even really matter who it is. Like just, yeah. it could be anybody. Like I was on a Revel scooter last weekend and I couldn't park on the street that I was on. So I just like very quickly, just like circled up onto the sidewalk just to like turn uh -huh. the bike around and get over to the other like corner of the street. It was on the sidewalk for like maybe um, 10 feet, not even. Um, mm -hmm. and this like lady like walked by me and just like, get off the sidewalk. And like, you know, and I was just yeah. like, ah. and, and she was like, just continued like, you're a child, you're a baby. You don't care about it. And, and I was just like, man, yeah. and like, it just stuck with me like all fucking day. And I was just like, I'm not going to lie. Who cares? I don't fuck that old bag. I don't care. And then, but like all day, like, I'm still thinking about it, obviously. <laughs> like sure. I still remember yeah. it. Don't I? Oh, like, yeah. you know, and Absolutely. like, I remember every single awkward or negative encounter I have yeah. ever had, um, sure. which there are plenty of those. If you live in New York city, I mean, you know, like that's <laughs> kind of part of the charm and fun of living in New York is you get to just do the, like I'm walking here thing, you know, like you get yeah. to do that. And it, most of the time it just, you kind of expect it to just like roll off people's backs and just be like, eh, it's fine, whatever. And, and you know, mm. you go about your, you get into a squabble, you say your piece, they say their piece, you call each other asshole, and then you you move on. But like yeah. I still have all of that logged. <laughs> and I still sure. have like I still have just all of this just like mm, but I mean, obviously it's worse when it's somebody who, you know, you're friends with or you care about or you love, then it's just like sure. Damn, like yeah, fucking up is absolutely yeah and the and the, the the opposite of that where you i i never want to be angry with anyone i never want like uh, i don't want mm -hmm. to yell at anyone i don't want to make anyone feel bad but sometimes you have a legitimate gripe that you're like i'm the classic like oh, i'll swallow this it was something small that bothered me but i don't care because i love this person but th those feelings of being annoyed or hurt don't really go away they no. are sitting there and then that's how resentment builds, you know? Yeah. So that is a big, that's probably my biggest personal development project in therapy. Have you ever like, managed to like, like yell at somebody and, and like let them have it? Uh, not yell, but um, I have managed to like, uh, if it's like somebody that I am close with, like I've managed to be like, Hey, you did this and I didn't like it. Like it's mm -hmm. not, okay and it you know i try not to do the like fuck you and you were in the wrong but i tried to do the classic um you did this and it made me feel this way yeah you know 
because most arguments are just about how you made someone feel, right? It's not actually about if you were in the right or the wrong. It's yeah. you did something and it made me feel negatively. What's yeah. crazy to me is that like, I am totally in theory okay with like, uh, diplomatically bringing a grievance or a difference to somebody and, and like letting them know like, Hey, we're cool and all like, you know, like this isn't like, I don't dislike you. I don't think less of you, but you know, like, can we work on this? And uh, you know, like I, I think I take issue with this or that. And, and mm -hmm. like in theory, I'm totally okay with, uh, even saying that to somebody, but because I just know that like, you know, there is a way to communicate that stuff in a, like a, an emotionally intelligent way. Mm -hmm. Um, and yet I still even like, I still even like get really like embarrassed and uncomfortable and spiral over people who have like very maturely, very calmly expressed you know, some sort of like grievance or discomfort or whatever to me. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, yeah. And then I can't stop fucking thinking about it. And I just like internalize it. And it's just like, I don't know what I expect other people to do, you know, like, mm -hmm. I don't know, like, cause obviously <laughs> I'm a human and I fuck up a lot. That's kind of what this entire show is centered around mm -hmm. um and yet the idea of um any type of of scolding like really the tone doesn't even matter it's more just that like oh i did wrong i did bad i made mistake and like i can't fucking accept that in myself or something it's mm -hmm. it's really rough is, is that your experience or what is what is the what is the hang up you think um, I think I just, uh, my hang up is that, um, yeah, I, I think I am afraid that like, if I, I don't want to make anybody feel bad. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when I am angry, I think that I have this fear that I will be that way. And I also, uh, I just don't speak well when I am angry. Uh, I, I stutter. I st uh -huh. I say the wrong words. I don't. I don't articulate things well. I lose my train of thought. I am neither speaking, th uh, thinking, nor speaking well. So when I think of confrontation, I'm like, I can't get angry, or else this won't go well. And mm -hmm. then if I do get angry, I think of it. Then I start to think of it. Oh well, I'll lose it. I'll lose the confrontation. It's like, well, it's not about winning or losing. You know. <laughs> You're right. Uh, yeah. And, and then, you know, the, the whole turnabout is sometimes you will confront people and you will be upset and their knee jerk reaction, whether they are right or wrong is to also be upset. Yeah. And when someone is upset with me, as we've said, it is my worst nightmare. It is being yelled at over yeah. and over again. Yeah. It sucks. And, uh, but like, and I also, everybody who's ever yelled at me or taken issue with me, I also like, there is a part of me that's just like, yeah, bro, I get it. Like I, I'm fucking, I suck. <laughs> like, and so like, I, you know, yeah. and, and I don't really hold it against them. It's weird. Cause like, 
I was just saying how I've like cataloged every conflict I've ever had, and that's true. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I don't really have an open, active beef with anybody. You yeah. know, like I, I just, I just exist in this space where like their negative reaction to me um, registers with me, and just like kind of, I just sort of hang on to that energy. And then I have like an empathy for them that's just like, okay, well, you know, maybe uh, like maybe they had a point there or like maybe even if they said it to me rudely, um, maybe they're just having a bad day. You've been rude before. You've like not worded things right. You've said shit that you regret if you're having a bad day and like, you know, you get caught off guard and and you're just like not present and, and you snap at somebody. And, and so like, I usually can just like let that go, but then Mm -hmm. it just kind of sits, it just got offloaded on me and then it just stays there. And I, then Mm -hmm. I just have this like running log of like all the times I've failed people, you know? Um, and it's, it's pretty meticulous. It's pretty, a well kept Mm -hmm. log, you know? Um, yeah. When you feel the need to like advocate for yourself um is it the issue because i've run into this uh of just feeling like what i want is stupid or not worth it or not that important or like you know if if you want some something out of a relationship you can already lose the argument in your head that it's actually that necessary uh, sure. Yeah, I will do that. Like the, the advocating, just uh, guessing like the advocating for yourself in certain situations is so difficult that, uh, you'll run up against that difficulty. And at some point you will do a justification. You'll be like, well, do I really need this? Do I really want this? Am I? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I do that all the time. Yeah. It's very hard to advocate for yourself because, you know, yeah, advocating yourself for yourself is like a mini confrontation, right? But mm-hmm. it's even worse because the root of it is just like, hey, I think I deserve something that I don't have. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, and it's uh, quite terrifying. And who are you to fucking deserve anything? You entitled <laughs> yeah. little piece of shit. You ungrateful yeah. little, like, see, this is what's wrong with everybody. You know, like, yeah. it just, it's already just so preloaded. Mm-hmm in my head uh that anytime i want something i'm just like do you though Mm -hmm. do you like or are you just like being you know selfish and i i'm not really sure where that comes from because like you know like much like you like uh my my parents are cool and like you know they um they are very you know supportive and chill and uh you know honestly really did a did a pretty good job so like i always wonder like where it comes from like why why am i so fucking insane if if they if they fucking nailed it like i don't know i guess i'm just bad well we no <laughs> i mean we we live in a different world than they did yeah. absolutely you know um also i try to what i'm trying to teach myself is that like i think the fear is that you never want to be an asshole you never want to be this this um arrogant conceited prick that is like 
give me what's mine because I deserve it, you know? Right. But the truth of the truth of the matter is, is that people that are worried about looking that way very rarely look that way, actually. The fact that our first re- reaction to like advocating for ourselves is like, oh gosh, I hope nobody's upset with me. Mm-hmm. It, it's a pretty good sign that we will come at it with like a measured, even-handed approach if we can just bring ourselves to do it. The problem is actually bringing yourself to do that. You know, mm-hmm. that's the that's the challenge. Yeah, it's hard. Like it's just, it just feels like because I've had this happen to me, where I will try and advocate for something, say, in a relationship. Mm-hmm. And I get pushback and then I just kind of immediately like retreat or I'm just like, okay, well I tried. I, and I guess that's just the word is not compatible on that front. And like, that's it. And like, I don't try and like reframe it or do anything else to like, you know, uh, to redouble what it is I'm trying to say or try and say it in a different way. Mm-hmm. I just fully, um, and just kind of give up on it. And, um, yeah, like you said, like that builds resentment and, mm-hmm. um, then eventually somewhere down the line, your effort to be like a nice passive person is going to backfire because you're not going to be nice. If you're full of this festering resentment, it's going to come out and it's yeah. like, I know that you've seen it in pe- like somebody who like seems nice, but then they can make really bad backhanded comments or like, you know, like whatever. But um, how does it um, build up and, and, and come out in you? Like, uh, do you lose your temper? Do you shut down? What what happens? Do you, do you just cut and run out of out of situations without really trying? I'll internalize. Yeah. And, and shut down. Mm -hmm. Um, I do have like a very bad poker face. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I can't really hide when I'm upset, but I hide it by just not being around anyone, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, and then it, uh, and then it becomes this quiet sort of festering in my brain. A big thing that I started realizing that I do is I will, um, you ever do this where you'll find yourself imagining an argument with a person yeah, and you are, you are fucking killing it in these arguments. I mean, you're nailing it. Every pause that they have, you have like a witty retort Mm because it's in your head, you know? Yeah. That's a lot of that. It's like, it's like emotional responses that I didn't have the courage or wherewithal to have in real life. And so I am playing them out in my head over and over again. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's, uh, very common. And in fact, like, I, I I think that's why people, I don't know, like a a guy like Aaron Sorkin, you know, just like Mm -hmm. lives in this fantasy world where people just always have that kind of, uh, just mm-hmm. z- zippy response and everything's just perfectly conversations are just perfectly yeah. immaculately uh, yeah. timed and everybody says they and, and it gets the point across and uh, that's just not how people fucking communicate. 
um, mm-hmm. I have found as a, just a person living in the world, but also a fucking podcaster, uh, conversations can be real stumbly and awkward and there's a lot yeah. that gets cut out and there's a lot that just yeah. like, you know, um, I remember like going through like this real, you know, fucking emo breakup in college or not in college in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and remember like what was happening was, you know, like the, the girl was telling me like, you know, I, I don't want to do this anymore. I, I can't, you know, like whatever we're, we're breaking up. Mm-hmm. And I probably just sat there in silence. Like we were probably just sitting there in the bedroom, living room, wherever we were for like two hours. And we probably mm-hmm. had like five exchanges of actual dialogue. You know, mm-hmm. because like the entire time I was just like calculating and calculating and trying to like work up enough to say something. And and then like it was just, oh, my God, I don't know. Yeah. Um, are you ever able to get out of it? Like, do you um, can you like drink yourself out of it? Can you do you get liquid courage? Is that a is that a thing that you no, because I'm just not a big drinker. Um, I uh, so that was never a thing for me. Mm-hmm. If it if the truth of the matter is, is like I won't won't confront somebody unless they are close enough that I'm like I care enough about this person that I will do this because I don't want to hold feelings of resentment to this person. You know, mm-hmm. I'm struggling to do it with people that are like further out of like the inner circle. You know, acquaintances, right? professional relationships, et cetera, et cetera. Um, yeah. And, and then it's just a matter of like sort of building up the courage to confront that person. You know, it takes a little bit of time. Some people are very good at confronting an issue head on right away. And that blows my mind Yeah, uh, because I have to think about what I want to say. I have to think about exactly why I'm upset Mm-hmm. I have to think about if I'm justified. I have to think about what I will say, what I need them to know, and how to say that without causing a war. Um, yeah, it's so funny that you mentioned Aaron Sorkin because I do think uh, that is that is what the fantasies in your head of like a killer argument are like. You know, it yeah. just plays like an episode of The West Wing or something like yeah. that. Um, and yeah, you're absolutely right. There's uh, it. I th- I think shows like that are for people like us who like would love to be good at confrontation, but just aren't. Yeah. I mean, I, I hate Aaron Sorkin, but he does write <laughs> like the dialogue that he writes is like very like, you know, snappy yeah. witty, like every, and, and like, that's what, that's one of the main things that I don't like about him. I mean, I just find him really smug and annoying uh, in general, uh-huh. but like um, the, the fantasy of it, is almost too glossy. You know, it's like, it's like watching like, like, like real mainstream porn or something, you know, where like it, everybody looks too good and everything's too like intense. And you're just like, well, this, this is not a, like, this isn't real. I might as well be watching like, you know, like Lord of the Rings or some shit. Like this is just like not in the realm of reality, you know? And, and so it just, it just kind of bothers me too, for that reason. It's just like, this isn't how people, talk yeah i don't like it yeah but um do you find it easier then to just kind of uh walk away from yeah like 
secondary tertiary relationships and just sort of like let those relationships kind of like die out um because that's like easy to do like in you know in the age of social media i feel like we um we can tell ourselves that we're in touch with people because we're still friends with them or follow them on on instagram or whatever um Mm -hmm. but we haven't actually had a conversation with them and you know like i i think that it's so much easier to just kind of ghost a friendship uh yeah it depends um i think sometimes i can let it go over a matter of time you Mm -hmm. know if i think if i give enough like room to it and i think about the person and actually what went down i'm like you know this wasn't actually that big of a deal and it can be followed up by a more positive interaction and i can at least sort of arrive at something on my own where i'm just like maybe i'm not going to be best friends with this person but i don't think they are bad i just think that some one time they did something i didn't like um uh other times though i have had people where i'm just like i'll have a couple of those in a row maybe negative interactions minor infractions that i think i didn't like and i'll just be like you know what i don't like this person and I will, in various ways, just try to put some distance there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But again, none of it's very healthy. I, uh, it would be so much better if I could just even have a minor uh, skill set of confronting someone. Yeah. How, um, what are the big, like, things that it's taking from you? Like, what are the, what are the side effects, the consequences of... Uh, this confrontation style for you emotional exhaustion Mm. um carrying the weight of being angry without any reasonable outlet for it uh tires me so you are angry certainly yeah yeah but Um, i'm not i'm not i'm not allowing myself to express it except inward and to a certain extent uh, my therapist pointed out a while ago that you know, anger that you never let go of eventually will turn inward to depression. Yeah, uh, and that is also true. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever uh, uh, lost your temper? Are you a are you a um, a wall puncher or anything like that? Not a wall puncher. Um. I'm a long, I'm a long walk taker. Mm. I'm like a, like a, I'm angry when I, I I was in a relationship for six years and when things would come to a head and it would get super bad, uh, I, that was, I would just leave one because the confrontation would get, get to be such where I was not speaking well again. So it's like, okay, well, I'm, I'm my, maybe I won't lose this fight, but it's pointless because I'm not communicating well. And also I was just so angry that I was like, I have to leave right now because nothing good will happen. And I'm not like a, I am not a violent person. You don't strike me as a violent person. No, no, no. but just, but it could still be like very damaging and not good, you know? So my move was always to just leave and I just would not, sometimes it would be days, you know, it would just be space. It would be, and I would try not to come back to say, I'm sorry until I I could say it and mean it, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah. When you when you think about um, how like anger and conflict was kind of like modeled for you, um, what comes to mind? Um, I think a big part of it, my father, who I will, I want to preface this by saying is a uh, loving man sure, and a, and a wonderful dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I wouldn't say a rageaholic, but he did have the type of temper where it was like a very long fuse. He could yeah. deal with a lot. He was very patient, but once he lost it, it was like, well, I am terrified right now. I'm very yeah. afraid. Um, and I think that that to a certain extent set me up for just a fearfulness of any kind of anger. I, uh, I don't like it at all. I think that's where the, the fear of being yelled at comes from me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure. It makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're a little tiny kid and there's like, this is like, you know, like you're, your main caretaker is this like big ass person is you know yelling or whatever like then it's yeah it's fucking terrifying as a kid yeah. and like that can make a huge impression and like mm-hmm. you know I, I don't think i ever really like my dad um my dad is a very very stoic guy um okay and like really reserved um like never seen him cry um, uh-huh. I've seen him get yeah. mad a couple of times, but not like furious or anything really. Um, uh-huh. and it's always, uh, whenever he did, like I, it, it just kind of filled me with this, like, kind of like Bart Simpson-y, like kind of like glee, like, ha like he's, he's all mad now, you know, but like that was fairly short lived. Like when I was just like, you know, just like a, a shitty teenager or whatever. Um, uh-huh. but like I ended up like, you know, just through like a lot of shit, just, uh, ADHD, like there's a lot of stuff in terms of like emotional dysregulation with ADHD that they don't really talk about. Like they talk about like concentration issues and like you're bad at school and you're bad at, uh, having a job and you know, you're bad at, uh, scheduling a calendar and organizing your shit. Um, but what they don't tell you, uh, often enough is that there's also a lot of like impulse control and uh emotional dysregulation which means like your feelings are just like way too fucking big for what the situation is um and so like i would have like fucking tantrums and like flip out um and feel in the moment fully right and justified in you know how i was feeling and just Mm -hmm. like anytime anybody would try and like you know talk me down or like tell me to calm down i was just like no man like i like it's on like the switch has been flipped i am not uh the person i was a minute ago you know Mm -hmm. and um and yet when i see that and someone else, like if, if you've ever been in like a social situation where somebody like legit gets mad and they're like screaming or whatever, they like break a plate. And it's just like, it's like the most fucking jarring, scary shit. I don't like, um, like, you know, real world violence and fights and stuff like that. Like I, I like watching that shit 
um like you do like on youtube you know like watching watching sure. people at, at like waffle house like uh throw hands and stuff like that's fun because there's an abstraction to it but when it's like mm. real like then it's then it's just not it's not fun it's not cool it's no. like fucking it's scary yeah it's fucking terrifying um yes and i find uh, to this day i think that's like my bottom line where i'm like i'm fucking terrified of seeing that in any regard mm-hmm. and again my dad it wasn't even that he was violent ever yeah. he was just like expl- very occasionally explosively angry enough to leave a mark yeah do you ever have you ever had any gratifying moments of that like losing your cool in adulthood in the moment it feels really good um mm-hmm. to break something or to yell or whatever um or to like you know tell someone to go fuck themselves or or something like that like but then almost immediately there is just this like deflation and remorse mm-hmm. and like it it's almost like I've built up like the, like there's this like big like Hulk exterior and I'm like and, and then it just the whole thing just collapses like sand and then there's just mm-hmm. this like crying little kid you know like and, and it's just it's just so the um the contrast is so stark between mm-hmm. like the person who's like on the rising crescendo of anger and then the person who's on the other side like once you've like crossed a line and like Mm -hmm. you know done something like stupid and then you feel fucking embarrassed and stupid and shitty and like you know like this was uh, a couple years ago now like uh, something happened like i was getting ready to record a podcast and uh, i just gotten a new laptop after like years of trying to you know fucking make this old 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 macbook from like 2010 uh Mm -hmm. still function and was just getting frustrated with all the time with it all the time and like uh finally got a new one and was finally like hell yeah i I, i've made the plunge i've i've accepted the you know the the financial uh chunk this is going to take out of out of me and then I like almost immediately spilled a drink on it um, and just like mm-hmm. freaked the fuck out because like I didn't have time to like oftentimes what happens with me with meltdowns is it's if I don't have time to like go take a nice calming walk. If it's mm-hmm. like, well, I'm hopping on the call at six and I got to do this. So it just feels like kind of getting pushed down like a, a narrowing hallway or something. You're like, you just run sure. out of options. You run out of space. Yes. And, um, so I just like went fucking ballistic and like was walking around the apartment, like, just like, God ah, damn fucking shit. Blah, 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 blah. Um, you know, and my girlfriend was just like, what are you doing? Like, can we chill out? Can we just like, it's not that big of a deal. I don't think you like damaged the thing, you know, and even if you did, you probably still have like a warranty on it. And I went into our bedroom and fucking punched a hole in the closet door. And she mm. very rightly came in like right after me and was just like, what the fuck are you doing? What's wrong with you? Like, 
now mm-hmm. we have to like look at that. Now we have to mm-hmm. pay for that when we move. Now we mm-hmm. have to like now you're a guy who does that kind of shit. Like you're a fucking yeah. white guy who punches holes in walls. You feel good about yourself, little man? Like, you know, and sure. and like I just immediately just like deflated and started crying and just started, you know, just like just felt awful about myself, yeah. you know? Um yeah. Yeah. and and that was like a real moment that I had to just like, you know, first like headline bring into therapy, just like, okay, so this is something we're going yeah. to have to address like right now because I don't want to be this person. And like sure. when yeah. I get that angry, I am somebody who I do not want to fucking be like the sure. world does not need more fucking red faced, angry white guys like does yeah. not need it. Yeah. It sucks. Embarrassing. Mortifying. Yeah. It's so funny because that was kind of the the rising change I was seeing in myself that brought me back to therapy was uh, I'm not, I don't think I'm like a base level angry person, mm-hmm. but uh, towards the end of the first year of the pandemic, yeah. it, it was you getting really bad. Yeah. Uh, and I was having, yeah, maybe I didn't have a punch wall in moment, but I did have a like moment of like frustration where yeah my girlfriend at the time was like what's up dude yeah are you okay and i was like oh i'm not yeah i don't like this yeah i feel like maybe just my baseline's a lot higher than yours just so far as as far as like just my anger level is usually like on a good day it's still kind of like eh, three you know like it's still kind <laughs> yeah. of like there still kind of like ready um yeah. but it's um it's it is definitely something that like i have to have a very strong grip on or a very you know tight leash on i guess mm-hmm. um just because like yeah, I mean, obviously, like you don't want to be a fucking violent, angry person. Like I don't want to get in a fucking bar fight. I don't want to like break my hand. I don't want to get arrested. You know, like I don't. There's all this shit that like are real fucking consequences of me, a grown ass man acting that way that are not acceptable mm. to me. You know that mm. that are just. Uh, I don't know, but like, it's, it's just, it's, it's, it it can be very difficult to, uh, to live with. Sure. Um, yeah. Have you ever practiced any like martial arts or anything like that? No. Um, the most I did was I probably six or seven years ago took like classes with Diego for about mm-hmm. a month or two, I would mm-hmm. say. It was me and another comedian, a very funny guy named Nick Nanny. And oh, I know uh, yeah. Diego, yeah, yeah, great guy. And Diego just kind of walked us through like basics of some different MMA stuff, mm-hmm. like standing striking and like MMA. Um and I liked it a lot. Uh you know, Diego's a great teacher. He's a really good teacher. Um yeah, yeah. So it was very fun, very stimulating. Mm-hmm. Um, I just didn't keep up with it. Yeah. Mm. Mm. I was asking because like, you do know, you, we, we, well, we did kettlebell stuff together and like, I, I still sure. do train, 
Um, I might have to take a break from it uh, just because I'm about to get real busy and poor with going possibly back to school and training all this shit. Like I'm just gonna not gonna have time. But like I've been training with Diego at uh, Williamsburg MMA for for a while now. Um, uh, mostly grappling, but I I I do really like striking, and there was something that I found uh so cathartic um in uh-huh. in like the first time I started doing striking stuff because I was just like oh there is just this and my therapist was the one that um suggested I start in the first place because he was just like uh-huh. you have a just a base level of energy that's in you at all yeah. times and it's a physical yeah. like it's um what's the word it's somatic you have to get it out somehow because if you don't, then that's why it exacerbates so strongly in such a like explosive physical kind of thing. When, when you do like get your temper tripped that, um, you have to just, uh, there's, there's, you know, think of it like, uh, I don't know, like, uh, draining a fucking a, a pustule or something every day. You know, they're like, I have to just like yeah, go, yeah, yeah. I just like kind of go drain this bladder. That's, that's just constantly yeah. filling up every morning. And like, I am yeah. at my mentally, like mentally at my best when I do like, um, striking something like first thing in the morning and like get that energy mm-hmm. out before like, you know, yeah. 10 AM. And then like the rest of the day, mm-hmm. I'm just like, so much more even keel and so much more like focused and just so much more patient and so much more just like, yeah, I'm cool. Like whatever. Like, Oh, that didn't go right. Okay. That's life, bro. Yeah. When you talk about things like, you know, anxiety, depression, anger, Mm -hmm. um, any of that, like you, it's such a simple answer that I think, is so easy to ignore unless you know it firsthand, which is that like moving your body. Yeah. Uh, it took me a long fucking time it, to come around to accepting that. Cause like, I'm not a, amen. you know, I'm like a, I'm yeah. like a Legos kid. I'm not a fucking hockey kid. Yes. You know? Yeah. Um, I, was a, I was a theater kid. So yeah. yeah. Getting, getting in touch with like physical movement and exercise, weightlifting, anything to like, the, this the sea change that it you know it never solves a problem yeah that you have in your life but it will like shrink them and just make everything seem like oh it's fine you know yeah that's I, I mean still, yeah that's mm-hmm. the idea there's this book called ten percent happier by this guy Dan Harris that he kind of talks about I love ten percent happier yeah where he's just like it's not gonna fix your life but it will help you know it is going yeah. to take some of the pressure off you know and that's yeah. kind of what I look at all of this stuff, you know, um, talk therapy, uh, exercise support groups, whatever you have in your cocktail, whatever you have in your, in your toolkit. Um, they're like, mm. each one of those things is going to just like take a, you know, a little bit of a little bit of air out of it, you know, and like, and just make it a little bit more manageable. Um, mm. are you, are you still, uh, doing any exercise stuff now? Yeah, I'm actually training for a, a marathon. So, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So I'll do that in a little, I think a little over three weeks now. Um, 
And yeah, so I'm gearing up for that. And then, you know, before that I was doing a lot of the kettlebells, mm-hmm. uh, et cetera, et cetera. I, when it's cold out, I like to do like a rowing machine at mm-hmm. the gym. I used to row in college. Uh, so I like that as a workout, but yeah, I try to shoot for a base level of like three workouts a week. Uh, and that, yeah, if I can, if I can clear that, I'm like, okay, at least I'm doing the upkeep of like my body, but mostly like mentally, you know? Yeah. Um, it's, yeah. there's, and it's, consistently, yeah, I consistency see, and a schedule and all of that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, you know, I'm sure if sometimes you'll notice like, God, I'm just so anxious lately, or I'm so upset lately, or this, that, or the other. And if you stop for like two seconds, you're like, oh, it's been like five or six days since I've like worked out in any real capacity. Mm-hmm. Maybe I should prioritize that. And as soon as you do, you're like, oh, yeah, this is why. Yeah. I mean, I, and I fully understand why like people are gym rats and like want to just do that right. all the time, you know, and it's funny to me um, that like fighting and kettlebell stuff like became the thing that I gravitated to the most. Cause like I said, Lego kid. And it took me the longest time to accept that. Like, no, Brad, you have to exercise on a regular basis in order to be mentally well. You can't just like, like there is, you are going to have to like push yourself through some level of, of discomfort mm-hmm. because like if you're depressed you're just like you just want to you you just don't want to mm-hmm. you just don't want to fucking do that you didn't take any fucking excuse sure. not to um yeah. but yeah. like yeah that that is then a huge revelation um just so and you know just the side effect of just fitness just feeling just feeling a little bit more in tune with your own body, I guess, you know, it's nice. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you've talked about body image, uh, in your, in your standup. I really liked your bit about, uh, uh, body image and, and, uh, and, and Mm -hmm. all of that stuff. Um, how, how has your journey been with all of that? Um, better, uh, certainly getting more in shape has helped. Mm-hmm. Um, with that. And I think something that I am coming to terms with is like, I had this period of like, I, I lost like a good amount of weight. I lost like 30 pounds over the past like year and a half. And mm-hmm. I, I was very pr- proud of that. Um, but yeah, occasionally I will still see a picture of myself. I'm like, Ugh, you don't look good. Or I'll see different parts of my body. I'm like, I hate this. I don't like that, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I am starting to like try to I'm seeing that and I'm feeling that way, but I'm also recognizing, well, no, wait, I like take really good care of myself and I'm in the best shape I've been in, in probably 15, maybe 16, 17 years. Uh, So it's like, all right, I have to start accepting that. Like I just look this way and that is okay. Yeah. And really I'm, I'm thankful because the thing that I like more than anything else is um, it, it has become, in a very real way, less about looking good and more about just feeling good. Mm-hmm. And if I feel healthy, if I feel as though I have exercised and taken decent care of myself, then in spite of how I feel about how I look, I'm like, okay, well, I'm fine. I'm a, I'm a guy that takes care of his himself and his body. So I'm at peace with that. Yeah. 
Yeah, it can be, you know, I've said before, like the amount of work that I have to do to just be like eh, in pretty good shape is crazy. Like, yeah. you know, like I think sure. about it like all the time yeah. when I'm when I'm, like huffing and puffing and doing like uh, mountain climbers and push ups and shit and, and just like thinking like. I should be like fucking jacked. I, I don't know why I'm not, like, why am I like this still? Like, why do I still have, you know, just kind of an average, eh, like, okay body, you know, like the amount of, uh, the amount of work, the amount of sweat, the amount of, uh, obsessing that I can do, uh, you would think that it would yield more results, but it really just, your genetics are fucking powerful, man. If you are, uh, sure. genetically uh, predisposed to being shaped like a bowling pin, then you're going to look like one. <laughs> and it's just, it's yeah, just yeah. like yeah. the amount of work you have to do to like have like a real crazy, like a Diego body is like, no, <laughs> like that's just not, that's a whole fucking lifestyle that I just am not going to be able to sustain. I do not have that discipline. Yeah. And most, most people don't, you know, and that yeah. is okay. Really? The bar, it's not, it's not the bar that people really need to shoot for. You know? Yeah. And, and I'm glad that like you as a guy talk about, um, you know, body image stuff, uh, you know, publicly and on stage because like, uh, you know, as you kind of even say in the bit, like, I know that this is kind of ridiculous because like I'm a guy and we're not supposed to be, you know, like body positivity isn't really like extended to us per se. Um, but like I would posit that like there is a lot of like the men have a lot more body image issues than we lead on. Um, mm. and, oh God, yeah. and again, like, with the internalizing thing where like other people walking around, it's probably not that big of a deal to them, you know, just like with, um, with like conflict and like, you know, having an issue with somebody, it's usually something that like most people kind of let go, but like it stays somewhere in your data bank. Um, and it's like, the, the negative, uh, stuff can really stay in and is very hard to get out um, and like exercise mm. from yourself um, even when you know on paper like real world like uh, no like nobody cares nobody's looking at my body at the beach nobody gives a shit and uh, also women will still fuck me um, you know mm. and, and even though I have a very uh, normal average body it's fine. They do not care, yeah. you know, and uh, like, God yeah. bless. Cause I don't, I don't <laughs> like, I don't fucking, <laughs> I don't get it, but yeah. 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 They will. Yeah. It, it was, it was um, a, um, a beautiful revelation, you know, to just like understand, uh, that like, Oh, actually this is like one of the, you know, one of the perks of being a dude is it like your looks don't actually matter <laughs> that much. Um, you know, like sure. they really just, they really just don't. And I guess we should just really, um, embrace that privilege and just, just really yes. try and, you know, just, just use it for good, I guess. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we should wrap up, but uh, this has been really lovely. Let's um, let's do you know plugs Thank and everything, and uh, and uh, tell people where they can find you know, you and your work. Um, I am on all social media at really Sam Evans. That's R E A L L Y Sam Evans. Mm-hmm. Uh, really not the, not the guy from Glee. Not the guy from Glee. I am right. really Sam. Really Sam. Uh, and uh, yeah, shoot me an email, really Sam Evans at gmail.com. Um, and then, yeah, I have that album out. It's called Sweet Baby Boy. It's available on all streaming platforms. And uh, I'm around the city all the time. I perform at uh, New York Comedy Club, Comedy Cellar, Stand Up New York, and a bunch of a million different bar shows, coffee shop shows, wherever there's a microphone in a room, I will do stand up there. Hell yeah. Well, thank you, man. Um, This has been great. Of course. Thank you once again to Sam Evans for being on the show. That was a fun talk. Uh, you know, and, uh, a nice guy. Hope to talk to him some more. I feel like, you know, you only get like an hour with somebody and you, I try and like really squeeze a, a big conversation out of them. I always want more. I guess that's what bonus episodes are for, huh? Wink. Patreon.com slash self worst. Maybe go check that out. All right, um, I'm going to get out of here. Uh, thank you. I love you. I kiss you on the lips. I die for you. Uh, music is by Shea Bartell, and uh, I'm Brad Pearson, uh, and uh, see you in hell. <laughs>